how are you now? Oh. How are you now? This fine Sunday afternoon. Maybe you're listening on Monday morning again. As I always say, I have no idea when you listen to these things. But we are back. We are back. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Bottom Six Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and we are here to talk about the red and white scrimmage for the Montreal Canadiens. The final scrimmage of their training camp before they head into preseason starting tomorrow night against the New Jersey Devils. What happened? I'm going to do a quick recap on this one because it was played a little bit more like, I mean, the format was still kind of like the scrimmages. They did two 30-minute periods with no stoppage time until the final five minutes of each period. Um, so let's let's do a quick recap. Might as well. So early on in the game, uh, a bit of a broken play in the neutral zone, and Jared Davidson takes it up the right side for Team Red and just turns on the afterburners, heads into the zone with a two-on-one, but he keeps it, fires a beautiful shot far side on Jake Allen, makes it one nothing for Team Red. From there on out, the first period was very tightly checked. I felt like uh, you know defense was prioritized. I really liked it, honestly. And there was some good goaltending at both ends. So Jake Allen at one end and Caden Primo at the other end. Caden Primo looked the best that he has so far in camp. He's had a few rough outings and scrimmages ahead of that. So it was nice to see him um, you know, come back a little bit with a good effort. And uh, Jake Allen as well. Um, outside of that one goal by Jared Davidson, he was perfect. So that was all. That was all she wrote. It was uh, one nothing for Team Red. Shots were twelve to eleven for Team White. So pretty even and pretty good goaltending on both sides. We go into the second period and things get a little bit more wild in the second period. We see a little bit more uh, wide open play. They switch goalies. So Quentin Miller and Strauss Mann were in net uh, for their respective teams. Strauss Mann made a stellar save early on for Team Red. But almost ten minutes in. We get a nice feed in the neutral zone by Cole Caulfield up to Matthias Norlinder. Norlinder joining the rush, gets it over to Nick Suzuki, and then goes to the other side and just kind of waits. Got a little bit of a two-on-one going there. Perfect pass from Nick Suzuki over to Norlinder. He puts it in and makes it 2-0 for Team Red. Back the other way, though. Ty Smilanek coming around, just swings one in front. Uh, looks like he put it straight in, but actually what happened is Florian Jackeye was parked on the doorstep and it went off his skating in. That makes it 2-1, to one, Team White getting back into this thing, but here comes the goal scorer. Cole Caulfield gets absolutely robbed by Quentin Miller, and then Miller robs Suzuki as well, but off the ensuing faceoff, Tanner Pearson takes the puck around behind the net. Cole Caulfield hiding himself very well in coverage and gets into the slot. Tanner Pearson finds him. Quentin Miller can't do anything about that one. It's 3-1 to one for Team Red, but wait. Just wait a second. It goes the other way again. This time, shot. Gets deflected up in the air, and Rafael Harvey-Pinard is standing on the doorstep. He sees it. Good hand-eye coordination. Just taps it in as it's falling to the ice. That makes it 3-2. to two. Team White in this thing. They would pull their goaltender to try and get the extra goal and tie it up, but they couldn't get it. That's your score at the end of two periods. But wait. We're going to three-on-three overtime anyways because why the fuck not? It's fun. Why wouldn't you go to three-on-three overtime? So they do, and it's 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 a three-on-three overtime. It's always pretty entertaining. Uh, Riley Kidney got the only goal in that three-on-three. He had a really nice... Um, exchange of the puck with was it Toby Bisson I forget who it was doesn't matter but it was a really good shot by Riley Kidney that finished it off getting the only goal which tied the score at three and legally speaking that requires us to go to what a shootout 
and in the shootout, you know, we saw some nice moves. We saw some uh, we saw some players like Johnny Kovacevic try some ridiculous shit. Uh, best move of the shootout goes to Nick Suzuki for sure. He had an absolutely filthy deke against Quentin Miller and uh, put it in. It kind of looked like the the old Saku Koivu deke a little bit, but it was it wasn't the same. It was it was different, and he finished it off on the backhand. Uh, regardless, he had easily the deke of it, or the the, the deke of the shootout. Uh, Jared Davidson also scored a nice one. Uh, looked like Quentin Miller got a piece of it, but then it went up underneath the bar and hit the back bar and out. Um, yeah, it was it was entertaining shootout. Uh, I guess technically you could say Team Red wins the game uh, as a result of the shootout, or as a result of the fact that technically it shouldn't have never gone to overtime in the first place, based on the score being three to two at the end of the two periods. But you know, it's a scrimmage. It's a scrimmage. So we're here not to necessarily debate results, but what did we learn? What did we learn? Well, in order for me to cover that, I would have to start with my number one gripe in this game, and that is Yoel Armia. So Yoel Armia, in the overtime period at one point, Kirby Doc is kind of cutting towards the net. He's ahead of Armia, and Armia shoves him from behind towards the goaltender. Now, you know... It's it's a bang-bang play. I guess in a regular game, you would expect him to do something. You don't expect him to just let the guy go to the net. But this isn't a fucking regular game. This is a scrimmage, and you're shoving a top-six player for your team in towards your goaltender. Yeah, it's Strauss, man, and net. I get it. I don't give a shit. I don't care who's in net. You don't need to be doing that in a scrimmage. On top of that, Yoel Armia was, in my estimation, the worst player on the ice. I thought, you know, Jared Davidson, who's a guy who doesn't even have an NHL contract this season, was better than him out there. I would like to see him placed on waivers immediately. Fuck it. We don't need to see any more of this guy in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. I don't think he helps them win. I don't think he's bad enough to help them, you know, get a top five pick because of his play. And he's obviously significantly overpaid as well. I would like to see him put on waivers, buried in the minors, uh, or potentially picked up by another team. I don't need to see any more of this guy in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. That shove from behind on Kirby Doc pissed me off to no end. I know there's going to be some people that are going to say, hey, you're overreacting. Doc was fine. He came back into the game. I do not give a shit. You don't do that in a scrimmage. You don't do it to anybody in a scrimmage, much less a guy who is penciled in, if not guaranteed, a top six role with the Montreal Canadiens, a young player that they're trying to, you know, use as to, to, to build around as part of the core of this team moving forward. Um, that pissed me off from Yoel Armia. So you get an absolute F minus for your effort today, Yoel. And au balotage avec toi. So that's my thoughts on that. Now let's get to the positive because there was a lot of positives in that game. Start with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Um, those are the two most important players on this team, and they're going to be the two most important players on this team for some time now that they're both locked in uh, on long-term contracts. They look very ready to start the season. Um, Cole Caulfield obviously got his goal by driving into the slot, but even outside of that, they were creating a lot of opportunities with their puck exchanges. Uh, they were able to hem Team White in their own zone on numerous occasions. Tanner Pearson, I must say, uh, decent fit with those two. He could absolutely be an option to skate with them this season. Uh, I don't know if he's a long-term option, really. Obviously, he's only got one year left on his deal. And, um, you know, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see if he's even a member of the Montreal Canadiens come the end of the season. Um, I think he's probably a candidate to get flipped. But I'll tell you what, if he is a candidate to get flipped, you could do a whole lot worse in terms of showcasing him than putting him on a line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and seeing what he can drum up in terms of points. Um, He might end up with a career year playing with those two because you got two... 
you know, of the best offensive talents that the Montreal Canadiens have to offer, you leave him on that line for an extended period of time. He might have some very attractive stats come trade deadline time, and he might have plenty of suitors lining up uh, to take him on their team as a result of those stats. Um, I liked that line a lot. Uh, Again, Suzuki and Caulfield looking absolutely ready for the season and Pearson looking like he could be an option. I think that's a a very good bright spot. Uh, We're probably not going to see those guys tomorrow night, I'm assuming. Um, But I guess it's entirely possible, right? They they weren't necessarily leaned on super heavily in terms of ice time in this game. So I think they're probably okay to play uh, tomorrow night against New Jersey if need be. But I wouldn't expect it. I I would think maybe they're going to get used uh, in in a later game. Um, And maybe we need to see more of that line. Maybe we need to see uh, how do they work out against uh, another team when the other team, you know, is bringing NHL players as well and they're trying to line match them. So um, interesting development. Not a player that I had personally picked to be uh, a candidate to be on that line. But look, Tanner Pearson, pretty good game. And um, I, I wouldn't say no to seeing more of that. We'll stick with forwards now that I'm talking about positives. And I got to say, Jared Davidson, man, uh, he's been one of the more impressive players throughout the course of camp so far. He currently does not have an NHL deal. uh, So he's an AHL only option unless they sign him to something else. I don't even know if they can sign him to something else. I'm not a CBA expert over here. But as of right now, as of me speaking, his only real option is to play for the Laval Rocket. And I think he's clearly made himself potentially a top option for the Laval Rocket. Like, I can't see how they don't give this guy serious minutes. He's, his shot is very underrated. I'd watched him play a few times in junior for Seattle, and, you know, I was, I was impressed with his play overall, but I, I never really noticed his shot as much as I have so far in camp. Um, that shot that he put past Jake Allen, like, I saw some people saying, well, Jake Allen looked like he didn't really move. That, you look at the replay again. That was an extremely good shot, well-placed. Um, and you saw with his eyes, he was kind of directing Jake Allen like I was going to shoot short side, and then he just went far side with it. So I think he really just surprised Jake Allen with that shot, and he's been surprising goaltenders with his shot in every scrimmage that he's had so far. Um, he's a guy to watch, 100% Laval. Uh, we were talking about it in the EOTP Slack chat, and Scott was saying you know, he could be kind of that... Um, um, Xavier Simono role where you're not really necessarily expecting the guy to come up and contribute. You're thinking maybe he's going to go to the ECHL and then all of a sudden he's one of the best players in, in the, on the farm team. So um, got to watch, got to watch for sure. Uh, I, I'd probably be tuning into more rocket games this year just to see uh, what can he do because it's very impressive so far uh, throughout the course of camp. Outside of that, uh, I did enjoy Riley Kidney's game. Um, obviously he really got to shine a little bit more at three on three when he got more space. Um, I think he, again, is a candidate probably only for Laval. I I don't really see him joining the conversation for a roster spot in Montreal at all, but I I think he showed you enough there that, you know, you got to give him, try to give him the, the best minutes that you possibly can in Laval. I really don't want to see them giving him like, you know, third, fourth line minutes. I, I think he needs to get into that middle six, top six, ideally some second line minutes there uh, and get him some opportunities on the power play as well uh, to see how he develops because he, he had a good red and white scrimmage um, and again, really shined in the three on three. So I think he's a player Laval can use and um, again, excited to see what he can do. Laval is going to be fun to watch this year. No matter how you slice it, they're going to have a lot of young talent and uh, it's, it's going to be fun for fans of the Montreal Canadiens to watch that team a little bit. Uh, I'd suggest people, hey, if you've never been to a game at Place Belle uh, and you live in the Montreal area, I suggest that you go there. It's a beautiful arena. 
Uh, it's not too far from Montreal proper, so if you want to get up there, you can take the metro. The arena is right across the street from the uh, the metro in Laval. Um, very easy to get there, and uh, it's a nice arena, and it's going to be an exciting young team for you to watch there as well. Outside of that, you know, Kirby Doc looked good, looks ready for the season. Sean Monahan looked pretty good. He looks healthy, which is important. Obviously, he's had a lot of injury issues uh, recently, so we'll see how long that holds up for him. But good news is he looks ready to start the season at the very least. And uh, that's about it for the forwards. But I do have to talk about the defense as well. Um, and I'll start with Jaden Struble on that front. Jaden Struble looked excellent in this game. Uh, easily his best game of camp so far. Outside of that one that he had... Um, what was it? Was it in the rookie tournament with uh, Logan Mayu on his, uh, as his partner? I, th- I think it was in the rookie tournament, not in the scrimmages. But, you know, point being, I-, I thought he looked great. He was making some really nice moves with the puck. His puck handling appears to have been coached up a little bit since he got to camp. Uh, first couple of games in the rookie tournament, I felt like he looked like he was handling it like a grenade. He seems more settled in now, uh, and uh, that's that's great news, right? I was talking about it when uh, in the last episode when I talked about Logan Mayu. Um, to see these guys... You know, improving throughout the course of camp, it, it suggests to me at least coachability and willingness to accept instruction, willingness to identify your own flaws and try to work on them. So, uh, good news there. Excited to see what Jaden Struble does uh, for the remainder of the season. And Mike Matheson, what more can be said about Mike Matheson, man? When he's on the ice, he's a general. He's running the ice. Um, I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record because if you listen to the previous episode and then this one in a row, you're going to go, well, you're saying the same shit you said last time because he's doing the same shit every game. It doesn't matter who he's with or who he's against. He's running the ice. Uh, I cannot wait to see that guy in some preseason and some regular season action. Um, that that trade that they made to get him in the first place seems like an absolute steal, especially when you consider the fact that they got Petrie back anyways and then flip Petrie for another pick and a player so uh yeah yeah uh kent hughes master class in trading so far in his tenure with the montreal Canadiens. and then another defenseman matthias norlander um look he has definitely come down in perception uh over the course of the last few years it's it's been a tough go for him but he looked great in this game um obviously he had that play where he got the goal uh playing with nick suzuki there jumping up into the rush I don't know. It's hard for me to put any kind of projection on this guy because he's somebody that the whole organization and the fan base were very high on for a while. And the perception has just dwindled. It's just because he had some concussions. It kept him out. You know, he got robbed a little bit of some of his development time. And when he has been healthy, he hasn't been, you know, what people thought he could be. So I think this is a this is probably his last hurrah with the Montreal Canadiens organization this season. He needs to either make himself undeniable and become part of the defensive core moving forward, or he's going to be on the move one way or another. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what the future holds, but you know what, if this red and white game was an indication of what we can expect this season, maybe he stands a chance of, of getting back into that conversation of being part of the blue line moving forward. But there's so many young defensemen coming up right now. I already talked about Struble. I've talked uh, plenty about Mayu. Uh, you got Jordan Harris, who was in that game and also looked really good. You got Lane Hudson, who's not even at camp yet because he's in the NCAA. And a lot of people think that when he's ready to come to the pros, he's going to take somebody's spot almost right away. Um, there's just there's too much. Adam Engstrom, he's not even there either. He's overplaying in Europe. You've got a lot of young defensemen coming up. It's going to be hard for Matthias Norlander to get back into that conversation. But again, if that's what you can expect from him night in, night out, I think he's got a better chance than he maybe had a month and a half ago, right? Either way, 
good game from him. He's going to need a lot more good games uh, to really get back into that conversation. And then goalies. I guess we got to talk about goalies. Um, you know, I mentioned it during the recap. Um, Jake Allen and Caden Primo were both very good. Uh, Jake Allen, you know, he's a lock for the NHL roster, right? He's going to play NHL games this season. Whether he's the number one or the number two or the 1A or the 1B is irrelevant. He's an NHL player, and he showed that in the game. Uh, Caden Primo, more interestingly, um, kind of showed that he could maybe be in that conversation. And this, again, similar to Matthias Norlander, I'll say this is his last hurrah, right? He needs to do something to separate himself from the other goaltenders in the organization underneath Samuel Moldambo and Jake Allen, or he's going to be on the move. As simple as that. There's just, <clears throat> they obviously went out in the draft this year and drafted a bunch of goalies, uh, one of them being Quentin Miller, who was in this very game. So they've made, you know, acquiring more goaltenders a priority, and that usually is going to spell the end of somebody's tenure with the organization one way or another, right? So, I, again, I think this will be his last chance. Um, he's going to have to really uh, prove himself this year, but it was it was a good effort for him in that first period, um, and he's going to need more of that, uh, again, similar to Matthias Norlander. To get into that conversation, we need more of what you did today. Uh, the other two, the younger goaltenders, we had Strauss Mann and we had Quentin Miller. Quentin Miller I've been extremely impressed with in this um, in this camp so far. He had to face a, a penalty shot from, or a, a, a shootout shot, I guess called a penalty shot, whatever, from Cole Caulfield. Stayed super calm. Caulfield came in with speed, looped out to the looped out wide and then cut back into the middle. And he's, you know, stick handling uh, very nicely. And Quentin Miller just stuck with it, stayed calm and made the save. The only one that he couldn't really stop was, of course, Nick Suzuki and then the Jared Davidson one as well. Uh, the Nick Suzuki one, I don't think any fucking goaltender stopping that. Uh, he puts that move on anybody in the NHL. I think he's probably scoring eight, eight nine times out of ten with it. So um, not going not gonna to fault him for that one. And the Jared Davidson one was a really nice shot. Like I said, Jared Davidson with that underrated fling that he's got going on in camp here. Um, good effort overall from the goaltenders. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I think we're 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 in that unfortunate, you know, post Carey Price era here where there's not much we can do about it. He's never going to play again, but we are seeing uh, that some of these goaltenders might have potential moving forward. Uh, really can't wait to see uh, Quentin Miller in junior this year. I think he's going to get a, a chance to really run the net in uh, Quebec, and you know, we'll get a better idea of what exactly he can do as a workhorse goaltender uh, in the QMJHL. That's about all I have to say about this one. Um, you know, have your say. I'm going to have an article up on Habs Eyes and the Prize by tomorrow morning. Um, we can have a discussion about it. And then the next time you hear my voice, it's going to be after tomorrow night's preseason game. Hockey is almost back, folks. I hope you're excited. We are running, what, over 19 minutes today. So, c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki Season 2 is... Marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+.